0: When the magnitude 9.0 earthquake struck Japan on March 11th, it unleashed a massive tsunami and severely damaged the Fukushima Daiichi reactor. There were weeks of intense media coverage following several massive explosions at the site. But although the press has moved on, the crisis there continues. And some scientists are saying the impact of the catastrophe may be worse than what officials throughout the world are letting on. We're joined now by Dar Jamal of al jazeera who's been following the story welcome back to our show
1: thanks for having me again
0: now there's a little bit of a lag because of uh, modern communications problems so uh, listeners should expect some pauses it's not because you're being thoughtful right
1: right just come a little bit far away from you
0: (laughs) do we know just how much radiation has been released from the reactor since march
1: well, we, we have had some spot reports. What's tricky is since all of the normal uh, instrumentation that is in the plant to be extremely accurate on this, that was basically wiped out. Uh, in the the disasters, so there are estimates. But, however, we know, for example, on April 5, that radioactive iodine 131 readings taken from seawater near the uh, number two reactor reached 7.5 million times the legal limit, Mm. and that was just before TEPCO, the Japanese company that runs the plant, began releasing more than 11,000 tons of radioactive water into the sea. So there have been some spot readings like this, finding some exceedingly high levels but it, it's tricky now because as the experts I interviewed for my article said that, you know, the instrumentation that's usually there at these plants was wiped out. So they, uh, a lot of times that uh, you can do spot check readings, but a lot of times we're talking about uh, basically just
0: calculations. But we do know that the cores at the plant are still very hot.
1: Absolutely, and that is why TEPCO is being forced to continue to spray water on them. They still can't get most of the normal cooling machinery functional. uh, They're having uh, problems. And uh, I I spoke with Arnold Gunderson. He is a a nuclear engineering uh, individual with 39 years of experience in the business. He coordinated projects at uh, 70 nuclear power plants around the U.S. And he basically said that Fukushima is such a critical situation because, uh, as TEPCO has admitted, three of the reactor cores have melted down, literally. They're giant molten blobs on the bottom of the reactors or what's left of the reactors. And then uh, compounding the problem is that there are the fuel pools that contain the spent fuel rods, and those are exposed as well. Four of those are exposed, and each of those contains the equivalent of several cores worth of material. And he said, we're looking at the equivalent of 20 nuclear reactor cores that are exposed and in desperate need of being cooled. So TEPCO has to keep spraying water on these. If they don't, then they risk having a, a another giant explosion. Uh, but then, um, as he said, these, these solutions actually generate uh, more problems. So now what to do with the water? As I mentioned uh, briefly ago that uh, we've had at least 11,000 tons that they've had to just release back into the ocean. And now that water just keeps building and building and building up. Uh, And and the big problem is what are they going to do with that because they definitely cannot stop uh, spraying the water on these cores and and these uh, uh, spent fuel rods. And so we're looking at a situation where uh, it's it's going to be. Uh, kind of come to a climax insofar as they're going to have to figure out a way to get rid of these cores. Uh, And and according to Gunderson, the technology just doesn't exist how to do that yet. Because remember, uh, what happened with Chernobyl in 1986 is the Russians basically have covered the entire what's left of the reactor in a giant sarcophagus. It's still emitting massive amounts of radiation, but it's mostly being contained within the structure. So the question is, what's going to happen with Fukushima?
0: Well, how does this compare to Chernobyl, which was the worst nuclear disaster until now?
1: They both have been rated level 7, which is the highest disaster rating on on the nuclear catastrophe scale. So uh, from from that criteria, they are equal, although uh, both Gunderson and several other physicists that I've spoken with uh, covering this story said they believe that the amount of radiation released is already greater than Chernobyl, partly because of what I just said. Uh, We have the the equivalent of 20 cores that are emitting radiation into the soil in into the air, into the water, the water table as well as the ocean whereas with Chernobyl, of course, we only had one core that had to be dealt with and that these continue to, to emit radiation as we speak because uh, if you do follow some of the news coverage and early on uh, some, of the, uh, some of the news was showing uh, you could, uh, the, 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 what was left of the reactor buildings uh, where you could see steam coming out of them and that's because it was still rather chilly. We're talking about March in Japan, early April, but now that it's summer, you can still find footage Uh, when you when you scan the news for for updates on the situation you can still find footage showing uh, these damaged buildings and such and you don't see the steam and so a lot of people assume well it looks like they've put out the fire. It looks like things are a bit uh, more under control. But it's just simply because the temperature there is warming up uh, because they're into summer now, as are we. So uh, it's, it's a bit misleading for people that don't really understand. There's still massive amounts of radiation coming off uh, when they spray the water on that is evaporating, of course, and going up into the atmosphere and, and blowing all over
0: the place. And then more is being dumped into the ocean, you say. Does the radiation in the water dissipate over time?
1: there's that old moniker in in industry that dilution is the solution for pollution. And uh, certainly diluting it uh, does mean that if someone were to come into contact with that, they probably wouldn't die within a couple of days, as we've seen happen with several of the workers now uh, of TEPCO at the Fukushima Daiichi uh, plant uh, that are going in, trying to contain the situation, trying to do repair work. And and we've, we've had deaths because there's been some massive exposures and and very quick deaths. But when you dilute it, uh, you know, the problem with that is that there's there's really no such thing as a safe level of radiation. I mean, even Carl Morgan, an American physicist who founded the field of radiation, health physics, uh, and worked on the Manhattan Project and the Oak Ridge National Lab, he, late in late in his career, became a very staunch critic of nuclear power, and he was the one that uh, first said that there's literally no safe dose of, of radiation. Uh, so uh, it's a problem. You can dilute it, and it kind of hides the problem for a while. But when When you you release this much uh, radiation into the water, into the air, into the soil, uh, and then it goes around and it basically ups uh, the level that we're all going to be exposed to sooner or later, and and eventually that's a real problem. That's why when we look at... Uh, there, there was a report actually written called Chernobyl, Consequences of the Catastrophe for People in Nature, that studied uh, the amount of people that it attributed to uh, cancer from Chernobyl from 1986 to, I, I believe, 2006 was when the study uh, uh, ended. And it was actually authored by three Russian scientists and uh, edited by uh, a medical doctor here in the United States, published in the New York Academy of Sciences in 2009, found almost a million Deaths attributed to Chernobyl. So, obviously, you know, we can do the uh, dilution of the radiation, but over time it is going to turn up. And this is why, for example, in Germany today we still have radioactive boar running around because of Chernobyl.
0: But I'm assuming that off of Japan we're going to see a lot of radioactive sea life, and whales are going to be contaminated, and uh, fish which uh, cross the Pacific Ocean will be contaminated. Uh, Is there um, any technology? Does the technology exist to get the radioactive material out of the reactor floor, or are we just simply going to have to eventually pour concrete on it and try to bury it?
1: Well, that's really up for debate. Uh, And uh, as as Gunderson explained to me, and I I noted some of this in the article uh, that came out uh, on this, Uh, he said, look, he, he doesn't feel that the technology exists. At all, from his experience inside the nuclear power industry, he said the technology simply doesn't exist, that we're going to need to deal with these literally molten blobs that are at the bottom of these reactors. And, And it's going to take, by his estimations, between five to seven years to develop the technology needed to appropriately deal with these blobs. And then another five to seven years to implement that technology and actually get the job done because we're talking about figuring out a way to go in and deal with highly radioactive molten blobs of metal basically on the bottom the floor of these reactors and there is of course the added problem that uh, you know this radiation and the water being used to keep this stuff cool and prevent another explosion uh, then goes into the ocean then goes down into the water table which is an extremely huge concern once it gets down into the water table you basically can't do anything about it There is some French technology that they're trying to implement at Fukushima right now to basically scrub the water that they're having to spray on these these cores. Uh, to, there is a way to basically extract the radiation out of that water, but they're having problems with this as well. Just a few days ago, there was a unforeseen massive spike in strontium uh, that had, and, and work had to be halted, to where that meant they could keep they had to keep spraying the water on these these cores, but then they weren't able to go in and get the, the, the technology implemented to try to start scrubbing that water and keep the level down. So the problem is then the containers fill up again, and now we're looking at another. The possibility of another huge dump of water into the ocean of, of highly radioactive water. And of course, this, as, as you just mentioned, you know, contaminating the sea life, this is why we've had complaints from North Korea, from South Korea, uh, neighboring countries uh, to the government of Japan to do more to try to prevent this sort of thing. Uh, happening with TEPCO, but TEPCO is clearly between a rock and a hard place. They have to keep these things cool. They have to keep spraying the water. But, uh, again, uh, as so often has happened since this thing started, uh, one thing that they'll implement as a solution oftentimes ends up creating several more problems
0: that they have to try to deal with. An area 17 times the size of Manhattan uh, around the site is now considered uninhabitable. How long do are people projecting that it'll be quarantined
1: well uh that's uh something that it, it would depend who you Talked with, uh, you know, we we look at Chernobyl as as a comparison, and there is a what's referred to a permanent interdiction zone around that plant, basically meaning a no man's land that there's so much radiation there that uh, you 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 literally cannot live there. Uh, but it's 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 interesting. Uh, the, I would say it's funny if there wasn't so much at stake. But the fact that the government or a company will draw a a hard line, uh, a radius, in this case, a 20 kilometer a radius around the plant and say, okay, everyone outside of that has to, uh, there's a mandatory evacuation. But if you're at at 21 kilometers, you're going to be okay. And, you know, if you just use a little common sense and understand wind patterns and you can find some of the maps are online and pretty easy to find of of where readings have been uh, taken that, you know, the radiation is being blown around by the wind and oftentimes it's a bit random. So obviously that's the most heavily affected area and, and probably no one will live there again, but there are very, very uh, intense hot spots of radioactive hot spots quite far away, sometimes several hundred kilometers away from that uh, the, basically the epicenter of, of, of the plant and so the problem with these dead zones uh, these no man 's lands is that uh, really uh, it 's going to be uh, you know conservatively you can say it 's going to be decades before anyone could ever possibly consider. Uh, living there
0: again. Now, Dar, we have very little time, so you have to give me a very quick answer, but the Fukushima plant was designed in the United States. Are there similar designs in use here?
1: Right. It's the Mark GE Mark 31 plant, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 1 plant, and uh, there are several dozen of the exact same plants here in the U.S. Oh, in I'm fact, there's one I'm, up at the head of the Mississippi.
0: I'm reassured, uh, D- but Dar, have we have here. to end it there, unfortunately. Dar Jamal, Of Al Jazeera, thank you so much for talking with us today and scaring the heck out of us. Thank
1: you.